on URFM, your easy listening favourites. And this is Thursday Finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. Um, Stephen Pritchard with us again today. Um, now, the NRMA is telling us that we can expect fuel prices to drop. And there's a long weekend coming up. Almost. Well, they've actually actually started to go up according to the NRA. They've actually started to go up according to the NRMA's website and your prediction. <laughs> So we have a look at the fuel price. It was a dollar fifty-two uh, last week, and this morning it's a dollar fifty-four point nine, which is up by uh, two point almost three cents a litre. So we're starting from a higher base, aren't so we? So it might drop back after Monday. Yeah. After like Monday, you reckon? What about way. tomorrow? I'm going to go for tomorrow. Are you going in tomorrow? And <laughs> Sydney's actually dropped. Sydney's dropped um, by three cents. It's one dollar fifty-one dollars. One dollar fifty-one. A litre compared to a dollar fifty for last week. So Newcastle's up and Sydney's down. So they must be talking about Sydney prices and. Well, um, no, I think they were talking about Newcastle prices. Well, yes, hasn't happened. Also saying that Newcastle doesn't have a price cycle, a fuel price cycle, the way most capital cities do. So that's an interesting thought too. Mm, We only only have a look at it for Thursday, so we don't know. Right. So, what about the other commodities? Um, The other commodities, uh, gold gold was down. uh, $31.76 $31.76 on the week to $1,684 an ounce. Uh, the copper price was uh, $9,316 a tonne, which is um, which was up $302 a tonne. And the crude oil price was uh, $98.84, which was down $3.80 a barrel in Australian dollar terms. And the Australian dollar uh, rose a bit from the week. It was up, uh, actually up quite a bit, 1.3% to $76. 0.69 US cents uh, against the British pound we're up marginally to 57.16 pence and against the euro we were up marginally again at 65.09 euro cents um, the equities markets um, the all ordinaries was up 14 points to 6137 so it's kind of reduced reversed the trend of the last couple of weeks uh, it's yeah. Um, so the S&P 500 was up 67 points to 2,772 and the UK FTSE index was up 34.5 points to 7,712. So all the equity markets around the world were, were, were pretty much well up. Um, the BH, uh, some of the local stocks that local investors like, for whatever reason, um, BHP was up uh, sixty cents to thirty-three dollars and thirty-nine. Uh, CBA was down seven cents to sixty-nine dollars and twenty-three cents. Uh, NIB was down three cents to five dollars forty-four, and Telstra Telstra is back sliding down at two dollars uh, seventy-seven, which is down three cents on the week. Mm, okay, I think you so might see a two point five at one stage. Ooh, okay, Ooh, yeah, I think we might mm-hmm. we'll make that bold prediction. So that's basically the equity market, and we've covered the petrol earlier. Henry. Good afternoon, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. And how are you down there at sunny northern beaches? I'm pretty good, actually. I have to say, can't complain. No one listens anyway, so... Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Can't complain. Uh, Yes, I've been up to... uh, I was up to Armidale earlier in the week. uh, Ah, a bit chillier up there, uh, I would imagine. Seven and a half it was. Ah, that half's always important, I find. That's right. (laughs) It wasn't too bad, actually, because it wasn't windy. It was just kind of stale, so it wasn't wasn't as bad as it sounded. Yeah, it's not too bad, then. Yes. So um, 
And, and the banks, a couple of the banks, have a few more problems, I see. I mean, <laughs> the ACCC is looking to prosecute ANZ, Citigroup and Deutsche for acting as a cartel. Yes, there's a, a bit of a chill still flowing through the banking sector, I must say. Um, so, yes, the, um, the ACCC has instructed the uh, criminal, uh, well, basically the public prosecutor, to go after ANZ, uh, Citigroup and Deutsche, um, JP Morgan was involved in this deal as well, but they seem to have turned um, <laughs> turned whistleblower and have, have gone for immunity and uh, are now in the um, in, in the government side, I guess. So this is going to be an interesting one. This all relates back to the um, rights issue, the, the placement, the capital raising the company did back in 2015, and it really is all to do with the shortfall and how the shortfall of that was handled. Now the um, the criminal. Uh, defence guy or the criminal guys, the prosecutors are going to allege that they, these guys acted as a cartel. Um, but I have to say this is kind of, um, it's a pretty, pretty grey area and I guess it's something the industry is going to be on notice about because after these um, sorts of placements, if there is a, a shortfall, um, it's, it's pointless three brokers or investment bankers all having the position and all jumping over each other to liquidate. So what normally tends to happen is they act um, as one because they're joint underwriters and they manage the position as one. I, this is kind of what the industry's been doing for some time. The question, I think, also relates to the fact of their disclosure and how much shortfall there was. They told institutions that the thing had all been done when in actual fact 25-odd percent of it had been left with the underwriters. So um, it's going to be interesting. It certainly sent a shiver through um, standard operating procedure, I guess, for an awful lot of investment banks out there. Mm. So it's going to be interesting. I think first up is July. Um, I think July 4, Independence Day, I think, is uh, is when uh, we get to hear from uh, the case. But it's all a bit vague at the moment, but it's certainly serious. It is jail time, big fines, executives named, high-powered executives as well, heads of country, heads of investment banks. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very closely watched by the industry, if nothing else. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is... This could lead to additional costs and even less people wanting to underwrite stuff. Well, that, that's the problem. That's what, I mean, you know, for all the terrible things that are coming out of the Royal Commission into the banking sector, and there are an awful lot of terrible things, what it will do is push compliance costs up. Um, it will push, uh, it's already pushing banks to pull back from lending credit, uh, lending money to people, making it far harder for people to borrow money, um, which, um, you know, is, is not good for the economy, it's not good for the housing market. Um, and you know, this is really what we saw during the GFC with the credit crunches that people stopped lending to each other. Now, we're not anywhere near that yet, but, you know, there is a risk that regulatory authorities can go too far and push the banks out of the whole risk business in terms of lending mm -hmm. um, and make it quite hard. And then you get, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, I guess then you get people like Prosper who step into the breach with small business loans, um, not secured against your house, but secured against director's guarantees. And yes, so somebody steps into that breach, the new fintechs step in. I mean, the Prosper, in theory, is using similar funds that the banks are. It's just they're charging... Um, somewhat exorbitant interest rates. I have yeah, to say. I must say that. I mean, these, 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 you know, these new lenders. Um, and there's one that's giving out free credit ratings, and I signed up for just to see what the free credit rating. And they keep. Were you good? 
Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I don't, I don't, know, I don't understand. Oh, those misdemeanors come back to haunt you, Stephen. Well, well, it's up and down like a yo-yo. It doesn't make any sense. So I sent them an no, email. Sure. And I asked them to explain why there was these movements in it. And there hadn't been any transactions, and of course they haven't replied. But nevertheless, no. they see, keep sending these special offers out to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they're two and three times what I can borrow from the bank anyhow. I know, I know. It's crazy. So, well, so I think um, Prosper were charging forty percent on their loans. Yeah. Business loans. Why would you go possibly go to someone that's going to charge you forty percent interest? That's that's you know that's Shylock territory. And, and I can tell you now. I mean, we've got a lot of clients in small businesses, you know, and, and most yeah. of them couldn't afford to pay forty percent. It's just ridiculous. Well, why would you? That's I mean, right. Yeah. Be there's, there's other ways of doing it. You go down to the guy on the street corner who will probably lend you money cheaper than that. Okay, you might get your legs broken if you don't pay back, but but still, um, you know, 40% does seem yeah. um, overs to yeah, me. You'd be better off getting one of those overpriced credit cards. At least you'd get some points. Yeah, well, exactly. That's right. If you're paying 20% on your credit card, yeah. it's um, it's much cheaper, and you can apply for as many of those as you like these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. you get 100,000 bonus <laughs> points. Yeah, I see the adverts all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so come back to that. And then CBA, CBA's been fined 700 million. Yes. And if you say that quickly, it doesn't sound like no, very much money, does it? Much, but, uh, but that is a lot of money, even for a bank that makes $10 billion. $700 million is quite a... A big chunk. So um, this is what they've copped for the Oztrack investigation into money laundering. Um, those smart deposit takers that they um, thought were really smart has ended up costing them 700 million in fines. Um, so not quite so smart after all. Um, I guess you know the problem for Commonwealth Bank is reputational problem. It's also a lot of money. Um, they do say that most of the people involved in their sins of the past have now um, departed the bank. But yeah, right. Um, so the whole banking sector is 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 very much under this uh, yeah. this cloud at the moment, and um, you know we're seeing some good good gains today, but really it's you know Commonwealth Bank's still below seventy dollars a share, and there's an awful lot of analysts out there predicting um, dividend cuts now to uh, the banks. I think uh, Morgan Stanley was out the other day and um, predicting um, a cut to the NAB dividend. So these these are kind of sacrosancts if you if you start. Mentioning um, cuts to bank dividends, retail investors will will run a mile. Mm. Um, they've already had enough problems with Telstra and, and the banks in terms of capital um, um, going backwards, let alone um, start talking about dividend cuts. Yeah, I mean, one of the big issues I find about this $700 million fine is that the innocent shareholders are going to end up paying that. And yep. the, the executives who, um, in yep. particular the CEO, have walked away with, you know, 10 or $15 yep. million dollars a year. Is he going to be paying some of that back? No. 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 So the shareholders wear the costs and the executives get the fee. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the moral hazard, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's no provisions to claw back past remuneration. Um, they can claw back bonuses if they haven't been paid yet, um, if they're in escrow or something like that. But I understand there's no provision to actually go after someone after the fact and say, hey, you know what, that 10 million you got two years ago, it really wasn't deserved because of all this stuff that you've stuffed up. Give it no, back. No. Doesn't work that way. No, it's a bit like the, the stripy jumper in the big bag that says swag. Yes. Yeah. So um, Amazon, Amazon's decided they're not going to deliver anymore to Australia because they have to charge GST. Um, yeah. 
this is, um, I mean, some have viewed this as a um, cynical exercise to try and push people towards the Amazon Australia yeah. um, website rather than going Amazon International. So they, they've said they basically aren't going to allow people to, um, to access the international website and buy things and have them delivered to Australia. Of course, there are ways around the getting onto the international website by using VPN, yes. those um, private networks, the virtual private mm-hmm. number sort of thing. Um, but the problem then comes with the delivery address now. Um, I used to use Amazon International to deliver stuff to friends overseas. I don't know whether I'm going to be impacted by that. But um, it's certainly easier than, uh, than than doing it elsewhere. But anyway, it's um, I guess it's a sign of the times. Finally, Jerry Harvey's got his wish that these um, overseas guys are going to be hit with GST, so it's going to make it a level playing field. eBay and things like that have yet to respond. Um, but I get, I get the feeling that they're going to be um, they'll be putting the GST on as well. So yeah, so the government thinks they're going to make about 300 million bucks from this every year. I suspect um, they've underestimated that because the uh, internet trade is uh, is far bigger than that. I would say it's not it's far bigger than uh, three billion. Oh well, um, I, I suspect in the longer term, Amazon will be forced to back down. Well, it would be nice. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more products and a lot more range on Amazon International than there is on uh, on okay. Amazon Home. Yeah, okay. fortunately. And so Andrew Forrest is talking about <laughs> importing liquefied natural gas to Australia. This makes me laugh. Yeah, we we spent the last decade building the biggest infrastructure uh, on the planet, just about to export LNG from Gladstone and other places in Queensland. And now Andrew Forrest from Fortescue fame wants to set up a joint venture with the uh, Japanese to import mm. LNG into Australia, uh, Port Kembla. Mm-hmm. So you would imagine the stuff's going to go out of Queensland yeah. <laughs> on a ship <laughs> and turn right and come down to New South Wales, pop into Port Kembla and unload. I mean, it's just bizarre. So what, I mean, what, that, what, what that really shows is how much overcharging has been made for, for the gas in Australia to the industries and homes. Well, and the, the, the industry tells you that um, the cost of shipping the LNG from Queensland, where they actually do produce um, this gas, to New South Wales where it is needed, is too high. But really? We're going to import LNG from... Mm. You know, and the Japanese who are in a joint venture say that because they're so big they can access LNG at really cheap prices. Yeah, it's going to come That'll be the same LNG that we sell at really expensive prices out of Gladstone. Yeah, that's right. This is stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. It's extraordinary. Yeah. I think Joss Frydenberg should have a a little word with these two people and say, you know what, we got it up there and we need it down here. Can't we work out a way to send it in a better way than we're currently going to do if that comes to pass? Bizarre. Yes. And then uh, perhaps Tab could open a book on that as well. So they're expecting another $100 million um, turnover from the World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup kicks off very shortly, which is fantastic. In fact, I've seen research from many, many people citing the World Cup effect. Um, the, the, um, the Macau authorities are citing uh, a downturn in casino revenue in Macau due to the, the World Cup. Um, Domino's Pizza, uh, a number of brokers have been upgrading the, uh, the company outlook on the back of the World Cup. Um, and, um, 
And, of course, Tabcorp are looking to get a shot in the arm on the gambling revenues from the World Cup as well. So it's, it's going to be a bonanza if everyone wins out of this, but um, I guess it depends which teams start to do well, as always. Um, so um, hopefully um, Australia get through the, the, um, the pool of death. And uh, as a palm, I hope England get um, through the pool of death, but they probably won't because they never do. Well, retail food group should be upgraded too, then, because they've got that crust pizza in there better than they have got the crust better than pizza. Domino's pizzas. Uh, unfortunately, retail food group is sinking faster than a, a flat crust at the moment, a stuffed crust. Um, they're sixty-eight and a half cents. Can you believe that? They were five dollars uh, a year ago. Weren't they eighty cents last week? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they just keep going down. The new guy has uh, has written some more money off, and it's just a, a sort of an ongoing um, fiasco. So we had a, another earnings update uh, the other day, and again, that just showed the problems that they've got. And the next franchise business in the firing line appears to be Mortgage Choice. Well, they had a big uh, expose in Fairfax and uh, and the ABC this week, the start this week, and the stock dropped like a rock. Um, the problem seems to be is some of their franchisees can't make a quid out of mortgage broking, um, and Mortgage Choice are struggling to uh, to get into place a new model which will um, help these kind of guys because it seems that they um, that they've been a bit left behind, I guess, in terms of how much money they pay back to their brokers. Some seem to be doing very well, uh, and some seem to be doing very badly. The very badly ones uh, decided to go rather public on uh, on Monday at the beginning of the week um, with uh, with accusations, etc. Not a great look. We've had problems in franchise businesses all along the line. I guess you know business is pretty tough out there. Any small businessman will tell you things are, are pretty tough, despite the economy going um, pretty well. Um, and to have to pay another layer of fees to another to an overall sort of management people that provide marketing, back-end services, IT, etc., does put an additional strain on that business. So um, this is part of the problem with franchising is that uh, although it's fantastic if the, the head office does a great job in producing uh, fantastic marketing material and pushing your brand and driving customers to your door, but if, if those customers then all that profit has to go back to head office, um, you're kind of not really in a great spot. So this is this has been the issue. Um, it's an issue for Mortgage Choice. Clearly, it's been an issue for Retail Food Group. Mortgage Choice have moved to um, change the model. They've also got a new CEO who I believe is a far more sympathetic ear than the uh, the past CEO who is a bit more hard-nosed about these things. Um, so maybe things will change, but they will need to invest more money back in their franchise uh, network, and that means less money for head office, so less money for shareholders, I guess. So there's so many masters in this equation. Um, there's so many people wanting to take their cut, shareholders, management, head office, the broker, the banks, everybody. Um, you know, it's um, it's a tough, tough business, I guess, at the moment. Yes, that's right, that's right. And um, um, Prosper, we've got any more to say on that? This was quite a strange one. Prosper, which we talked about earlier as the uh, the uh, small business money lenders, uh, 40%, um, had to pull their IPO float at 15 minutes before it was due to open due to issues that uh, ASIC had raised on uh, some of the loan terms. Um, so this was not a great look. And now there's some concerns that maybe the float won't happen at all. And, and I think people have now focused on the fact that they're charging a huge amount of money in interest but not actually making a lot of money on the loans because they have so many bad debts chasing people and 
Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not somewhere where I would be sticking my... Um, sticking your... I mean, I went past the, the, the hair cutters the other day and they're now letting you put it on, put your hair cut on um, this pay really? later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, I couldn't wow. believe it. So, so I can just imagine... Yeah, you know, people like my wife go in there and get their hair cut. Not not this particular one, but other ones go in there and get their hair cut each month. Yeah. $200, so you can pay that away over four months, and so the next month you go in and get another $200, and you're paying the... Uh, you'll be there for... You'll be still paying your hair cut off in, you know... Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, my, my hair cut usually costs 20 bucks. Yeah, so no, mine. No, no. I, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be paying that in cash. Yes, that's right. Rather than going, going, so, going so, for the, the payment plan. So if you want to you want to avoid listings like, like Prosper, where can we go and get some information on that, Henry? Um, you can uh, sign up to marcustoday.com.au on uh, on the inter, interweb, and uh, you can take a two-week free trial. Marcus had a very good article in Fairfax about uh, children, education, and uh, housing yesterday, which went, went as he said, uh, it was going off like a frog in a box. Okay. It was, it was a very popular article. I better have a look at that. Thanks, yep. Henry. Take a look at life insurance because that's our topic for today. Life insurance. Where should we start? What kinds of life insurance are there? Yeah, so there's different kinds of life insurance. I mean, um, there's the traditional life insurance, which basically... um, which basically just covers you, and, and it's probably the simplest one. Um, if you die, you get some money, and if you don't die, you don't get any money. Very similar to car insurance. Um, you know, each year you have to you have to pay any premium, and they cover you for that year. If you don't pay the premium, that you don't get any cover. Um, then there's a thing called total and permanent disablement, which is which is that that can be um, that can be. Um, paid for different things you have an accident or you get sick and you can no longer work um, now one of the things you need to watch uh, with TPD that that is generally sold with life insurance is the definition of what total and permanent disablement means and that you, you need to look at that closely I mean a life life policy that just covers your life it's pretty simple you're either dead or you're not um, total and permanent disablement you need to have a look at the close definitions and, and of what permanent being what permanently total and disabled and disabled and and one of the common tricks is whether you're whether you can work in any occupation or whether you can work in your own occupation Um, preferably you want the definition to say that you can only work you can't work in your own occupation because you for example you might be a doctor you can no longer be a doctor but if you can work in some other occupation such as um uh, clerical work, um, you're not totally and permanently disabled under any occupation definition, but you would be under your own occupation. And of course, an own occupation definition will cost you a higher premium. Mm. Um, and there's trauma cover. Trauma cover pays you, uh, generally pays you a specific lump sum for a specific illness. So if you have a heart attack um, or get cancer, um, you get a lump sum paid to you. Um, trauma cover is generally reasonably expensive as well. Um, and, and once again, you need to look at um, the sum insured for your trauma and what the definition of the illnesses are that you want to cover or are covered under the policy. And is that likely to change from one insurance company yeah. to another? Yeah, okay. that's, I mean, the coverage is one of the, one of the drivers of the premiums. Mm. So the more risk the insurer takes on, the higher the premium is going to be. Mm. And, and you've seen that recently with a life company that used outdated 
definitions of what um, I think it was heart attacks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and income protection. Now, income protection it covers you in the event that you have an accident or or ill and you can't you can't work. Um, once again, the, you need to look at the definition of, of what work means as, as to your own occupation or any occupation, um, and you need to see what you're, what you're actually covered for, and does the amount you cover go up with inflation? Um, so, why, why don't we come back, having looked at the types of, okay. of life insurance? Now, we're talking about life insurance, and uh, we've looked at different types, Stephen Pritchard, of life insurance um, level of covers and other yeah. So what we're going to talk about is what affects the premium you pay and what 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 you can do to to adjust it. Of course. So one of the first things is, of course, um, the level of cover. The higher the higher amount you want to insure for your life or your um, trauma cover or your income protection payment each week, the 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 naturally the higher the premium. Um, one of the things you can do, particularly on income protection, is a waiting period. So, so if you've got a waiting period of two weeks, um, that will be one premium. But if you, you know, if you've got a bit of money and you can say, you know, you've got some sick leave or something else or holidays, you might want to, you might want to have a waiting period of two months or something, and um, your your premium will drop dramatically. So, on on your income protection insurance. Get a quote for the various waiting periods that are that are involved, and then um, particularly on um, income and um, TPD insurance, you might there's there's often a, a choice between a stepped premium or a a level premium. Now, basically, what a step premium means is each year the the premium gets readjusted, um, and the premium will tend to go up as you as you get older. Um, and then there's another thing called a level premium, which is you pay the same premium for the term of the policy. So you basically pay the same premium for, say, the next 10 or 15 years. So would that affect the payout you might get? Uh, yeah, so the, payout, the payout's going to, going to be fixed as well. Okay. Okay. So there's there's differences, or and then it becomes more complicated. Um, you can have a CPI increase in the premium and the CPI payout. Generally, generally the level premiums will work out cheaper than the step premium, depending on your age. So probably you need to just get the the person to do a calculation on that. Um, and how to get this insurance? Um, the first place I'd go to is my superannuation fund. Generally, if you're in a, in a uh, industry or public superannuation fund, they usually offer quite competitive insurance premiums. Um, the second place is you can go and buy a a a policy direct outside of superannuation and you know you can you can compare the two the one outside of superannuation is probably going to cost you more but it's probably more flexible um and, you know but i'd start with my superannuation um and the other most important thing to remember is if you've got an old insurance policy and you want to say you've got an old super old policy in a super uh, coverage in a superannuation fund and you want to increase your your coverage uh, and that involves swapping super funds or getting a changing around make sure the new policy is on risk before the old one's cancelled and what that means is you have to make sure you've paid the premium you've got a letter from the insurance company to say they've commenced to cover you before you cover the old before yeah. the old one stop the um, old one yeah yeah that because that sense of people forget yeah uh, because you know something you can have an accident or some serious injury in the middle 
or your situation could have changed when you fill in the health questionnaire, the new insurer declines to cover you. Mm. And so you, you've cancelled your old one, the new insurer won't cover you. And of course, once you cancel it, the you old insurer is going to want the same questionnaire filled in yes. and you won't have any insurance at all. So the most important mm. thing is to remember to get the coverage in place before you cancel the old one. Mm, there's a lot to it, isn't there? Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephen Pritchard. And um, that is Thursday Finance for today. Um, we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news on 2NURFM. And yeah, there's always such a lot in the world of finance to take a look. You can, if you want to listen to this again, catch this program on podcast on 2NURFM.com in the very near future. 